<laughs> oh, if, if everyone knew how funny this was right now. I love this. I love this intro music. Hey, y'all. Welcome to Water Break with Waterboy and my man, comedian John Branion. What's up, Gabe? It's so delightful to be here. You just got back from Amish Paradise. Amish Paradise. I did. How did that? How did your uh, time there go? Yeah, bring the house down. Did you? I'm a, I'm four nights in a row because you were there for four nights. Yeah. yeah, yeah, four nights in a row. Did I tell my Amish joke last year, last week? No. What was it? I only get to tell this joke when I'm in Shipshawana, but uh, I went hunting with the Amish people. They're super great people, and they have a really interesting method. You know how the Amish hunt deer? They sneak up on it and they build a barn around it. <laughs> that's great, man. That that's very interesting. Uh, they love that one, huh? They love it every they time. Is that is that where you drop the mic and leave? Is that when? Is that I usually like, yeah, yeah. I walk out. I walk out and they. Well, it's not a microphone. It's a it's a megaphone that you use when you're. It's just Amish a rolled people. up piece of cardboard, <laughs> and I throw it down. <laughs> It makes no echo sound. It doesn't, doesn't really make sense. Well, hey, y'all. Um, our Fight, Laugh, Feast magazine is a quarterly issue that packs a punch like a 21-year Belvini, no ice. John, do you know what Belvini is? Nope. Oh, my goodness. You've been Baptist for too long. We don't water down our scotch. Why would we water down our theology? John needs some Balvenie. Order a yearly subscription for yourself and then send a couple yearly subscriptions to your friends who, you know, been drinking a little lukewarm evangelical Kool-Aid. Every quarter we promise quality food for the soul, wine for the heart, and some Red Bull for turning over tables. Our magazine will include cultural commentary, a psalm of the quarter, recipes for feasting, laughter sprinkled throughout the glossy pages, and more. Four magazines, and the first one's coming out in March. And the titles of each magazine, uh, Politics of Six-Day Creation. That's March. Um, David Bonson's writing in that. Pastor Toby, I am. A bunch of uh, uh, great writers are writing in it. Uh, John Brannion is is writing all the comedy bits in it. Um, I'm writing in it. What, what do we call your section again? It's uh, Balaam's Wise Ass. There you go. That's funny. And, and, and we know the Amish built a barn around Balaam's Wise Ass. <laughs> well, yeah, they did. Yep. Uh, the next issue, the next quarterly issue is Grace of Theonomy. Um, so, you know, everyone's theonomic, whether they admit it or not. But And then the third uh, magazine's Unwoke Church. And then, of course, our Christmas edition is Post Mill Christmas. These magazines, guys, I really enjoy them. They're super quality. Go subscribe. Go to flfnetwork.com and subscribe. All right. Cannonball or belly flop? We're just getting into it, John, today. We don't want to be like the ship that embarked on a long journey, only to start one degree off after departing the dock. Because one degree off after five miles is not a big problem. But one degree off of after 2,000 miles, you know, 3,000 miles, 4,000 miles, it gets you stranded on an island no one knows. This is how the cancer of liberalism begins. And this cancer has been growing in our church for many decades. And about every to 40, you know, 40 to 50 years, another conservative liberal split happens in a once thriving conservative denomination. The 20th century liberal conservative splits are generally over or have been over an inerrancy of scripture or even women in church leadership. Now, I grew up in the PCA, Presbyterian Church of America, 
and it split from the PCUSA. There's some name changes in there, but I'm keeping it simple. They split from the PCUSA in uh, the 70s, and the PCUSA is Presbyterian Church of the United States. It's the liberal um, Presbyterian denomination, largely over the inerrancy of Scripture and women in church leadership. One of the major inerrancy issues was that pastors in the PCUSA did not believe the Bible was inerrant when it came to, and I quote, matters of science. I, I take that to include a rejection of literal six-day creation in the PCUSA when they say matters of science. And I think um, uh, in 1979, a survey conducted in the PCUSA found that 38% of the denomination did not believe in the inerrancy of Scripture. 38%. Uh, and this is in the 70s. That's almost that's almost half. And and specifically, 23% believed that the Bible, this is quoting from the survey, the Bible, though written by individuals and reflecting their personalities, has been so controlled by the Holy Spirit that it is trustworthy in all it teaches in matters of theology and ethics, but not, that's not necessarily in matters of science and history. And I suspect that this is closer to 100% now in the PCUSA. I, I, I bet a, almost 100% of pastors in the PCUSA don't believe the Bible is accurate about science and six-day creation. Now, fast forward to 2022. Since the PCA left the PCUSA in the 70s, there's been a dirty little secret growing in the PCA. Now, I know from my own experience and numerous relationships in the PCA that a number of pastors take exception to the Westminster Confession's teaching on six-day creation. Some of my pastor friends in the PCA estimate up to 50% of pastors in the PCA take exception to the Westminster on six-day creation. The PCA is, is in trouble. And this denomination's you know near and dear to me. I got tons of friends in that denomination. I grew up in it. And most of our current conservative denominations are kind of in, in this trouble too. I would submit to you that the first step in going liberal is, is rejecting the literal six-day creation account found in Genesis chapter 1. You start just one degree off, and 40 years later, you are fully infected with the cancer of liberalism. Now, John, as I was um, thinking about this, this is actually, um, I'm going to be hitting on this in our, our magazine that's coming out in March on the connection between six-day creation and liberalism. And... Uh, I mean, I, I think, so I think Genesis chapter one is really important. Um, obviously in the beginning, God, anything, you know, after when it says in the beginning, God, that's kind of like anything that after that is we need to submit to, we need to listen to, we need to obey and we need to take, as Hebrews says, take in faith, um, even regarding the creation of the world that God made all things out of nothing. And we need to believe that Hebrews specifically connects the creation of God's word world to us having faith and believing in that God created all things out of nothing. Mm-hmm. And so I think even more foundational, you know, when pastors, especially church leaders are real problematic, but when pastors don't take Genesis chapter one as a literal six day creation account um, for, you know, gap, gap theory, various other theories of, of Genesis chapter one, I, I think there's, there's um, an unbelief that is actually under that. When, when you um, start to interpret God's word wonk, wonkily, is that a word, wonkily? I'll, I'll take it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, think, I think it is in Australia. <laughs> um, or in Canada right now. Anything's a word in Canada. Um, when you start approaching God's word and already start kind of toying, getting that one degree off, um, 
there's something broken about um, that process. And I, I almost think that even more foundational, there's an unbelief that's, that's brewing there. Um, now, I think a lot of pastors, I know, I know there's pastors in our CREC denomination that take an exception to the Westminster Confession. Um, I don't think it's very, um, I don't think that many pastors, there's maybe a couple of them, maybe a handful of them um, in our denomination, but it's still there. And um, it's it's been the door uh, for you know women in church ministry. How do you if you don't believe Genesis and that God created the world in six days? How can you say that Jesus died and rose in three days? You know, anytime day is mentioned in the the Hebrew word for day in in Genesis and throughout the Old Testament is yom, yom, and every time yom is referenced or used in uh the old testament it's referencing a literal 24-hour day a 24-hour period it's not um it's not ambiguous um with that hebrew word so i don't know i'm just i just kind of that that's my article brewing for the magazine and kind of wanted to um talk a little shop here uh well do you not believe in a literal six-day creation did i did i not run this by you first (laughs) You did not run this by me. Um, and I I am a person who thinks that it's more important to believe that God that God created everything. That in the beginning yeah. God and there was nothing prior yeah. to to him. Mm-hmm. And the specifics about uh how why or mm-hmm. not how, not why but how yeah. um don't matter as much to me mm-hmm. and i've been on i've been in conversations with with literal creationists and yeah. I've, with literal six day creationists and i've been in conversations with people who are who are i don't i don't even know what you call them uh-huh. um but both sides i think are uh, are guilty of misrepresenting the other side mm-hmm. because i am i, I I think that I, if I was, if I had be honest with me, John, actually, I didn't know, I didn't know your views on, on creation. So let, let me know. Well, if you held a gun to my head and said, you have to pick one or the other, I would, I would be a literal six day creationist, but, but I can't, I can't say that I'm a literal six day creationist and be a hundred percent honest Mm -hmm. in that conviction, Mm -hmm. because I think that, that time is something that, God is outside of. And so in order, in order to reveal himself to us, he had to put time. He, he had to speak in terms that we would understand. Yeah, certainly. We can't, we can't understand eternity. Right. And so God had to say, you know, here, here's time. Here's day one. There, here's day two. What, here's, here's, here's your 34th one, here's birthday. Two. Yeah. Right. And a day is like a thousand years to God and mm-hmm. a thousand years is like a day. Yeah. Um, is that something to be taken literally or is that something that's more an indicator of t- God's time scale is different than our time yeah. scale? Well, and I address, I, I address, uh, let me interrupt you real quick here. Cause actually yeah. I addressed this in the magazine article. Um, part of um, uh, how we understand scriptures is we understand scriptures as it's presented to us. And, and what I mean by that, um, you know, uh, Genesis is a history book. Psalms is poetry. Uh, revelations is apocryphal language. Um, you know, Isaiah's uh, prophecy, uh, Paul's were letters, you know, so we, so we kind of, we receive the text as the genre is presented to us. And I think that helps a lot. That doesn't describe every detail or every verse that you come up, you know, Genesis chapter two, verse 24 is poetry. 
you know, um, mm-hmm. Eve was made a bone, of, bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. That that means a very poetic language. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but the context of the whole um, uh, uh, book in the first five books is they're very historical driven in that context. Mm-hmm. So I think, I, you know, so we receive it. So Psalms, you know, one day is like a, a thousand to, to God. Well, I mean, obviously that's very poetic language. Um, right. And it doesn't mean I don't take away from its um, application and try to make it all Gnostic poetry up here. It, it has more meaning. All right, just, uh, go ahead. Go ahead and finish your thought. Right, right. I agree with that. Um, I read a book uh, like 12 or 15 years ago um, called The Science of God. It was written by a guy, uh, a Jewish and Orthodox Jew named mm-hmm. Gerald Schroeder. And he's a physicist and a uh, biologist, a scientist. And the whole premise of the book was basically trying to marry up um, science and and religion. And, mm-hmm. and he was, this was back when science and religion, you had to pick one or the other. You couldn't be a, you couldn't believe yep. the Bible was true and be a scientist at the same time. And right. Schroeder comes along. It's a great book um, because he talks about the foundation of, of all creation is not, it's not matter, mm-hmm. but it's wisdom. Yeah. It, it seems like the like the like the universe was built on wisdom. Mm-hmm. Is is his whole premise? And toward the end of the book, he talks about he talks about this literal six day creation, the creation process. I'm not going to go into the whole thing. It's in the book. Yeah. But basically, but what he presents as a scientist, and he goes and shows the math and the physics and everything, is that a literal six day creation and a a, an evolutionary, uh, not evolutionary, but but a universe that exists for 14 billion years or mm-hmm. whatever it is that they're saying it is mathematically the same thing. If you if you understand that God is talking about about two different time scales, he's talking about he's talking about a cosmic time scale when he's in the process of creating, and then he shortens the time after he creates Adam and Eve. After man enters into the creation story, then we start talking about earth days and earth years and earth time. And he he basically demonstrates that they're not at odds with each other. They're the same thing. Mm-hmm. If you if you take the cosmological time scale and calculate that way, you get 14 billion years. Or if you take the God uh, Genesis time scale, it's six days, but it's the same. It's the same thing. I understand what he's trying to argue, but for him to get there is he has to bring in um, a kind of a, a, a man's uh, reasoning and logic into that mm-hmm. to kind of uh, to 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 come alongside of that six day creation narrative. So um, when when. God, what God reveals to us is what we believe. Deuteronomy 29, 29 says the secret things, there are secret things that are of the Lord, but those things are revealed or belong to his children and to our children's children. And so we believe what's revealed to us. And, and for us to bring it out time, I, I believe before the world was created, I believe there was no time. I, I agree with you. I think the Bible, I think time comes in. God's not bound by time. Um, uh, God created the concept of time, and I think we see that in Genesis chapter one, um, and and so those things which are revealed is how we talk about it. Now, if, if if we bring in outside, we have to bring in outside reasoning to get this, you know, billions of years concept because the Bible never addresses it, and never a, a reference a longer time scale than what's revealed to us in Scripture. Right, and, and then when I 
um, you know, the the psalm that you brought up, I think it's Psalm 84 or 87 or something. Um, one day is like a thousand uh, un, unto God. Um, that Why is that text never brought up when it talks about the resurrection of Jesus? Um, I've uh, a lot of um, my friends who fall on the non-literal six day creation side of things will bring up that text. And, and my response is, is that, you know, why, why do we bring up that text? Why, why do we all, we all of a sudden say, Hey, you know, Psalm says this, the, po- the poetry of Psalm says this, and we re- refer to the creation, but then we don't say that when it refers to Jesus living in the grave for three days. Mm-hmm. Um, no, just well, it, well, it's the same. It's the same. Because Jesus was was living in uh, in the time scale after after man had been introduced, yeah. mm-hmm. the 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 concept of of man made logic or or external logic has always been sort of problematic for me as well mm-hmm. because there I don't think there's such a thing as man made logic. Yeah, I think right. I think all truth belongs to God, right. and our capacity to understand and to reason also comes from God. Right. And so what He has given us is the ability. He's given us the ability to do science, and what mm-hmm. science has discovered is that time is not constant, mm-hmm. that, that time doesn't clip along at the same speed, that it is affected by, by gravity, and it's affected by, um, by speed, like the speed of light. Mm-hmm. So at the speed of light, time doesn't pass. Right. It's, it's always now at the speed of light. Right. And so th- that is something that, that's built into the universe that God created that we are able to understand. And right. I think all right. of those things are, are, I think it's fair and I don't think it's wrong to, to contemplate those things no, as not, far as not, how they no. apply yeah. to, you know, what we read in the scripture and what we observe in nature mm-hmm. and all of that is, is seeking knowledge. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think there's, so I said earlier, we, we kind of interpret and believe scripture as it's presented to us. We use mm-hmm. scripture to interpret scripture, um, right? Mm-hmm. Just these are just basic hermeneutical concepts that that apply to not just Genesis chapter one, but the whole Bible. You know, we, we take mm-hmm. the we take the the, uh, the easy verses that we can understand in scripture, uh, and and when we come to a hard verse, we go to try to find other references that might help us understand that hard verse. We let mm-hmm. scripture help us work that out, and when um when you look in, there's several references to uh six day creation in the scriptures um there's the reference when i'm uh um uh, uh in the ten commandments um you you work six days and you rest on the seventh um there's a, a another reference uh, there's a reference in exodus chapter 31 when god was talking you know they're getting um uh, the first time they're going to get to go into the promised land before you know everything went down hill pretty quick uh, God was um, talking to them about, you, you know, you're going to go into the promised land, you're going to work six days, you're going to rest on the seventh. Um, and so we have other scriptures that also confirm kind of that Genesis narrative of, of a, a six-day creation. And, and then, then you look at um, in Hebrews chapter, um, oh, man, I'm going to butcher it. He's, Hebrews chapter 4.10, I believe. Um, so one of the things that you see when Jesus came in the beginning, in, in John chapter 1, it's very clear. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And, and obviously that's echoing Genesis chapter 1 in that kind of creation narrative. And so you have Jesus coming to this earth and re, and, and beginning the process of recreating heaven, a new heaven and new earth. Isaiah 65 and 66 prophesied about that new heavens and new earth. And when Jesus 
uh, came to this earth that he began to re- rework or re- uh, um, recreate a new heaven and new earth um, here on earth. And so we have, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then you have um, Jesus died, and he was in the earth six, uh, three days and three nights, and he rose again on the first day of the week. So if you follow the resurrection narrative, um, Jesus was in the grave or in, in the grave three nights, three days and three nights. So he spent three nights there, three mornings there, right? And so more likely he probably died on Wednesday, and I'll get to my point here in a minute. He probably died on Wednesday. They they buried him Wednesday night, um, Thursday night, Friday night, and he rose again Saturday night because they went into the grave that morning and he was gone. So that morning, when it was dusk, when it was dark, when it was dark out, they went to the grave. Mary went to the grave that morning and he was gone. Um, and so he was in the he was in the grave um, uh, Thursday morning, Friday morning. Saturday morning, so three days, three nights. That's how we get there, and and so um, in the in the Old Testament, in the Jewish calendar, a new day started at night. Actually, six p.m. at night. So a new day started at six p.m. So Saturday night, if Jesus, if my my resurrection theory is correct here, Saturday night would actually have been the first day, uh, the beginning of the first day of the week. So you know, six six o'clock sundown uh, to sun up, kind of or sun. Sundown to sundown would be that 24-hour period. So Sabbath would start 6 o'clock, roughly, Saturday night. And then he rose again. So that means he rose again on the first day, which it's, Scripture very clearly says first day of the week. And Jesus rose again. And then he appeared every time Jesus, after Jesus rose again from the dead, every time he appeared in the New Testament, he appeared on the first day of the week. Um, you know, when he met with Peter on the road and the disciples on the road to Damascus, um, when he uh, ate fish with the disciples is always on um, Sunday, the first day of the week. So, and then Jesus ascended on the first day in Acts chapter one, uh, and to sit at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. So, what you have is you have all this like crazy creation language surrounding Jesus when he comes, when he's born, and, and throughout uh, John, particularly the Gospel of John, particularly. Um, and and then you have in Matthew. Matthew's the most quoted the gospel that quotes the old testament the most um and and you have all these references and it, you read through matthew and it's constantly saying so that the scriptures would be fulfilled i think it's like 60 70 times that this happened so that the, the scriptures would be fulfilled and so jesus came to kind of wrap up the old covenant uh do away with the old covenant you know hebrews do away with the old testament sacrifices and 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 then came to bring in and usher in a new covenant um, uh, through all this. So you have uh, this creation language narrative happening around Jesus. You have Isaiah being fulfilled, new heavens and new earth uh, coming through Christ. And so we're seeing kind of this as a as I would articulate it. We're seeing this kind of creation, this new new heavens and new earth being rolled out, starting with Je- with Jesus, and and uh, and you know thirty three A D. Um, new creation coming, uh, new heavens and new earth coming, and then you in the kingdom. The kingdom, uh, uh, Matthew and Luke, Jesus says that the kingdom is in your heart. So when we see the kingdom being built here on earth, it's Christians become it's people becoming Christians. Um, and and this is just a long argument, a long way to say that when Jesus rose again on the first day of the week, the reason why we worship on Sunday 
is because Jesus recreated new heavens and new earth, and he established a new day to worship, which is the first day of the week. There had to be a major shift for Christians, especially Jews, to worship on Sunday instead of Saturday. And that shift happened because Jesus um, uh, entered into his rest. This is where Hebrews comes in, Hebrews chapter 4.10. Jesus entered into his rest on um, Sunday like his father did. So Hebrews chapter 4 verse 10 says, and, and he, Jesus, entered into his rest as his father did. Um, and, and, and that's tying, you know, God, the father entered in his, his rest after he created the world in six days, he rested on the seventh, Jesus recreated the world in three days, three nights and rested on the first day of the week. Um, so that's kind of a, I didn't know we were going to go there, but, um, uh, I hope that, I hope that's helpful. I, you know, uh, um, no, you're talking about, you're talking about the poetry. Um, and, and I, I would I would agree with that. But the tricky thing when you're dealing with people who are um, skeptical, I guess, mm -hmm. of the of the veracity, I, I I am not a person who said who says, you know, that the science indicates that a literal six day creation is not possible. That's not my position. Yeah. Um, my position is much softer than that. In that, I don't think that it's. I don't think that God is going to be mad at me for saying, well, if he did it in six days, you know, that certainly that's possible. Why not six seconds? Mm -hmm. You know, why not? Because he, he, he said he said he said six when days. It, that's why. Yeah, because he said yeah. that's what that's my yeah. point. My yeah. point is that he's he's saying he's saying this is what it took. And so even even if I don't uh, e even if there's there is uh uh, the possibility that God, when he says six days, when he says a day, he's talking about one of his days that's like a thousand years to me. Um, that's possible. But at, at the end of the day, it just doesn't matter to me. I, I just, I don't, I don't fight with people about it because yeah. I, I don't, I don't think it matters as much as um, believing that, yeah. that God says, I made you. You are at war with me. You've rebelled against me. Yeah, you are. That's right. You you, mm -hmm. you have rejected my laws, mm -hmm. um, and so because of my grace and goodness, I take all of that literally. Yeah. You know, it's because of God's graciousness and His yeah. holiness and my that sin. He has, yeah. yeah, that He yeah. hasn't snuffed me. And mm -hmm. so, however many hours it took Him to put the universe in place, yeah. that doesn't matter to me yeah. as much as as much as the other stuff in well, scripture. And this is and um John, I'm glad that you're going to read the magazine when it comes out in March. <laughs> I mean <laughs> I have to read it. You have to. I, I wrote some of it. All right friends, we we don't have time today for news that John Brandy can trust. Um, I actually have um, my federal lawsuit with the city is going on, so I got a bunch of lawyer stuff I got to work on right now. So, all right, friends, this is the Water Break with Waterboy. See you on our Sunday special, Sunday night. Can't wait to see you there. Cheers. <laughs>